Okay, so the goal today is not to make me laugh. Mm -hmm. You got to make you got to be as straight laced demure as possible. Demure as possible, as dry as possible. Yeah, you can't make me laugh, or I'll start coughing. Well, uh, in that case, I got a I got something to start us off with. Something that's a uh, not only dry and demure, but uh, uh, the manliest of manly topics uh, that I've been seeing trending on Twitter. I've been seeing people post about uh, fellas. Uh, what's your what's your favorite plane? Do you have a favorite plane? And do you often think of the Roman Empire? I do Those often think of the problems. Yeah. I often think of the Roman Empire. I don't have a favorite plane. When I was a kid, I used to like the stealth bomber because that yeah. shit went fast as fuck. And it was like, and it was like the the shape of it. Like, like a triangle? I, yeah, I was like, oh man, they're doing incredible shit with jet technology now. Like jets don't even look like they used to. They like came that, up with a new shape. They got Dorito shaped jets now. <laughs> and they're and like I don't even know like what potential scenario they would have even been using the stealth bomber in. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like the whole thing about American imperialism is like you don't need stealth because at all points, like we just bomb the shit out of everywhere. Yeah. Where, why would you need stealth? They anyway? know we're coming. They know we're coming. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you hey, mean you the set people your fucking watch by it? Uh, I, I like the A ten Thunderbolt. So just the classic. What's the A ten Thunderbolt? What does just it do? Platonic idea of a of a beautiful Warcraft. Oh, that's like that uh, that World War Two kind of bomber. <clears throat> Or is it not that uh why do you like it's got those two big jets on the back that kind of look like titties in a way? I'll be honest <laughs> with you, it kind of reminds me of the jet oh. plane from the X-Men cartoons. It yeah, is. it does. Okay, this is 70s. I was thinking way too early. Yeah, this is kind of tight. This looks like this this would have been um, I don't know if you guys know, but uh or used to be in the collecting and stuff, but um I used to be in the collecting, like I guess they were cast metal. Like casted like vehicles, like planes. I had an SR seventy one Blackbird. This looks like one of the uh, the jets I would have had, the toy jets I would have had. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't oh, ever yeah. remember that stuff. Uh, anything that had to do with military history, I I like tuned out immediately. I don't know why. I always, yeah. always like the machines. I always like the machines, and then I uh, I hate war. I like the weapons of war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got older. I was like. Hey, they use those things to kill a massive amount of people in a little amount of time. That's a uh, it's pretty brutal. I like goddamn No, I like the to read about the men leading the war, uh, yeah. the great men of history, the Napoleons and the uh, General yeah. MacArthur's and the Mansa Mooses. See nobody Mansa ever talk about my brother Mansa. Yeah, I know no, the richest man that ever lived. That ever lived. Never in that conversation with Bill Gates and stuff. <laughs> Convenient, huh? Yeah. Always got to leave the black man out. Mm-hmm. I wish a lot of times I do I do long for a time when you could trade spices and beaver pelts for what you needed. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What, what, what would be the equivalent today? Would it be like a unreturned a blockbuster DVDs versus a... Let me, let me, I just broke my bowl, brother. Let me get that. And I'll give you this copy of, uh, you've got mail <laughs> that yeah, I forgot to return. This copy of half baked starring Dave Chappelle. Um, that's a, that's DVD a scratched all the hell. 
<laughs> no, nah, that's that's not that's not a fair trade because that's like a that's like a that's like that uh that short story uh was it the three magi or some shit? It's the couple where she buys I think him a watch or some shit like that or a chain for his watch, but he sells his watch to buy her a comb, but she sold her hair. See, if I sell you, if I trade you half baked, then you can't smoke because you don't got the pipe anymore. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's a chicken and egg conundrum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you. I could see a scenario in the future where you're trading CDs and DVDs as currency. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like <laughs> in the Middle Ages, there was like several different currencies going around at once. You know, you had your Duke, your Ducats. Ducats. <laughs> Is that how you say it? I've always <laughs> said Ducats. Ducats. <laughs> But Ducats. I've said it as like slang for money. Ducats <laughs> and frog skins are my favorite things to call money. I thought it was Ducat, uh-huh. like the dude from Star Trek, Ducat. Ducats. Okay. <laughs> we have several different mispronunciations here. In their day, they probably didn't even know how to say it. They didn't want to like sound stupid like uh trade you this uh chicken for 10 Duh. You let them say it first. You let them say it first. Oh, right. That's what I was. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Ducats, of course. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Well, I was reading about the Republic of Ragusa. It was a uh, short-lived. It wasn't a short-lived. Like Star Wars, dog. What's that? A, like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds a like Star Trek it's planet? from a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is it was on the Dalmatian coast closely it was like pretty close to italy so it was int- yet it was- another thing that seems oh. like something out of George Yo, Lucas. well it's got the it looks like it's got the word ragu in it and that's why what? it was funny to me i was like oh italians lived in a place called ragu <laughs> but also terrence hold up dog so you tell me dalmatians are named after a place in italy no less oh god man well this place used to be, it used to be called illyria in ancient rome times is that why it's called Lyra the Cash? No, no, I don't think that's connected. I don't know why is I feel it compelled to do that? <laughs> yeah, Johnny football motion. Anti-Italian. That's an anti-Italian said to me, brother. But Lyra was Italian currency, wasn't it? Yes, I mean, I guess still is, right? They well, stuck with that name. I don't even know what's happening over there. Man, yeah. surprisingly, though, for as dumb as I am, I'm really good at that. Uh, import and export game yeah you know, where you like guess the country that tradle you all the tradle you yeah fuck that game i'm, so I'm fantastic at, at tradle dude i didn't want to tell anybody this but i really did start that and had three one-hit quitters and then my results dipped off after that but i thought well if i tell people they're gonna think i'm lying but i nailed ireland and then the next day uh day was like norway maybe what's norway's export biggest export I forget now, but it's just Wales like Wales or some shit. Whale no, when everything comes up and I just see the composite. Democracy. Like, <laughs> Social <laughs> democracy, brother. Get that right. Happiness. <laughs> I'll talk, talk about how happy those Scandinavian countries are despite not having sunlight. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that shit. They say Jamaica is one of the happiest countries. I believe that. It's warm, it's warm there all the time. I'm right. terrible at that fucking game. Mm. Mostly because like... I don't believe in concepts, man, or categories or nation states or anything. So, like, I'm going to be bad at a game like that. I don't believe uh, in reality, man. I don't believe in reality, man. <laughs> what I'm drawn to is is trade, though. You know, you do I mean? love trade. I do. I love bartering, all forms of it. And so if it pops up and says, who sells um, 
uh, vaccines, salmon, beaver pelts, and oil, and I'm immediately going to know who it is. You know, that's true, yeah. dude. Tom, you would have made a great like. I think about this a lot. Like, part of the thing that sucks about living now is currency. Like, mm-hmm. currency. I'm sorry. But dollar bills just don't go as hard as fucking silver and gold coins. Imagine mm-hmm. being able to fucking slap some of those fucking coins down or a big bag of that shit on the counter. Dude, fucking a bunch of galleons. Especially if it splashes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me that currency is paper? Yeah, like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. It's just I'm saying that like Tom, you would have excelled in a world where we you trade in five or six different regional currencies. You know how sick I would have been on the Silk Road? Dude. (laughs) Peddling my wares. (laughs) Oh, shit. I said, well, who do we have here, boys? The old... The old Venetian hornswoggler himself, Marco Polo. (laughs) Pull you right up, my... Pull you up a seat, my friends. I've got beautiful fabric, silks, rugs... What do you like? Oh, man, that is so true. Like, you would have been a... Not to say that you now isn't the best you could ever be, but, like, you would have been He has no excellent. wiggle room, though. He has no wiggle yeah, room. You no imagination. That's the thing about... Dude, I'm... You can call this the fever dream episode. I was, like, running 102-degree fever a few days ago. <laughs> Damn. And I was like... That's, I that's literally mind-numbing. <laughs> <laughs> like, your brain starts to melt at that. Yeah, I, I don't was, say that, like... Yeah, uh, that's in between, literally could cause brain damage. <laughs> in between reading... A, in between reading the Wikipedia page for fever, which I recommend, <laughs> it's fun, I was thinking about... One of the great tragedies of life, uh, which is that, or I won't, I won't call it a tragedy. It's an open question, a question mm. we'll never have answered. But one of the great mysteries of life, and like one of my great fears, is that past civilizations will always be unintelligible to us yeah. and future ones, that we are all islands unto ourselves historically, that like if time travel were possible, we could never commune with anyone in the past, even if, you know what I'm saying? Like It would be like going to a different planet, you know, because there's yeah. this concept called deep time where there are uh, intervals of time that are so far and expansive that it's like you can't even really, we don't even really know what happened, how many civilizations rose and fell and whatnot, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I, 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 I was thinking like in my fevered reverie, just mm-hmm. staring at the ceiling like, oh, man. What if what if we are ultimately alone? Like, there's no meeting. Pl- I guess what I'm saying is this: after we die, perhaps yeah. from a hundred five degree fever, there is no po- there's no waiting room where then you get to sit around with all the great personalities and whatever of history. Like, you don't get to meet up after the game and say like that was meant. That was crazy. Like, there's not a post-temporal like lobby for you right, to chill right. <laughs> That would be sick, though. What if you went in there and I'd be like, "I have one regret, boys, and the only regret I have is that I didn't live during the time when the road connected China and Rome." <laughs> Other than that, I feel fine about how it shook out. Could have played a little better at certain points, but I've been born a couple thousand years before. But you know, yeah, I watched a movie a few years ago. 
I don't even remember the name of it. It was like being advertised on Netflix or something. <clears throat> it was a movie with John Cusack. The The premise is ridiculous. John Cusack plays a Roman general who, <laughs> who that's, that's <laughs> John he, Cusack of all people. That's awesome. He's on an expedition and he stumbles into China where he meets Jackie Chan, a Chinese general. That's awesome. Which is like this historical, like, what if that people have always talked about? Like, did the yeah. Chinese and Romans ever meet? And yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like, I think it's still up in the air. Yeah. I don't think they ever did, at least not in China. Yeah. Like maybe halfway. Like on a trade route or some yeah, shit like that. Wait, when you've got a booty call that's like 13 hours away, like, let's meet <laughs> halfway. Like, man, listen. Yeah, exactly. I got this chick, man, with a fat old ass in Uzbekistan. <laughs> <laughs> let's meet in France. Straight up. Straight up, Turkey. I gotta get there. Are there any? Yeah. Are there any? Are there any trains heading toward the Orient by chance? Yeah. Like I'll be, yeah, I'll meet you halfway in Istanbul. Yeah, see you like nine months later. Oh man, uh, yeah, I, I can mess with a post-temporal uh 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 lobby room, you know, but not like well, a purgatory though. I don't want. I don't feel like I'm languishing there. I want to have time to talk to all the greats of history, you know. That's the thing. Like, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, one of the great tragedies of life is like you don't get a post uh game recap. You don't get to. You don't get to watch tape. You know. You don't that get we to know like, of. That we know of, but let's be real. Let's be real. Like, let's. There's no, there's no lobby after the game where you meet up and you say, like, oh man, let me tell you about my game. Let me tell. There's you no post game discussion. Post game interview. <laughs> you're not gonna get. You're not gonna get to sit down with fucking Genghis Khan and um, some plebe from like the ninth century who is like oh they're they're coming up with some crazy shit in social relations dude it's called, <laughs> it's called feudalism check it out you're like no <laughs> like didn't turn out didn't turn out so well brother <laughs> no no i lived in the logical conclusion of that my friend <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> did it work out so well for the fish or the people no. that, for that matter. See that guy over there? He had a 105 degree fever just the other day. <laughs> a very preventable illness that we all got like nine times and we're walking around with fucking <laughs> permanent internal damage. Yeah. Permanent brain damage. At that. Uh huh. Uh currency though, man. It just doesn't it just doesn't hit like it used to. No, man. Well, here's what I would like to experience just once is I don't know if you guys have ever bought and sold rugs from, uh, you know, gentlemen from the, you know, Muslim world. But one line they always drop on you that I love is, but for you, my friend. But, but for you, my friend. 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 Yeah. But for you, my friend. I did. I, <laughs> I did. I looked at this guy, and, and I was, I was, you know, that line in the Bible where uh, the apostle or King Agrippa says the apostle to the apostle Paul, Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. I almost looked at that rug salesman, sir. You almost persuade me to be a Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> and he winks like, I almost got you, brother. Um. Well, well, guys. Uh, there's a few things in the news. Do you want to read the Atlantic 
sing on Mitt Romney. I, I mean, I, honestly, I, 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 <laughs> when's that that quote that I sent you, the excerpt about him? Um, I mean, if we read it, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll go through it. But uh, just him sitting down in this uh, uh, dining room by himself, quote, dining room with this large, huge, like cinema style, cinema huge size TV, and eating uh salmon and ketchup sandwiches while watching Ted Lasso. That was endearing to me. So I'd be I'd be curious to see. How I'm gonna this, be 100 uh... honest with you. I've never felt more connected to a <laughs> exactly, only because exactly. that is a that is a classic. He's just like me for real situation. A little makeshift dinners and bullshit TV. Nothing. That's just what we'd been doing the last three. Years. Uh, you you know when you know when people were said said this about uh Obama and they said this about Bush that you just want a guy that you can sit down and have a beer with. This is the guy that they're talking about. You know, this is the I, actual guy. They're talking. I I don't really want to sit down with him. I think I yeah. would rather be pathetic on my own instead of with Mitt Romney. <laughs> but I love that. Like uh, this is this seems like the. Uh, um sort of uh Mitt Romney equivalent of the the Bill Clinton Doug Ban thing just mm. like a man sort of at the end of his career just drifting <clears throat> off gazing away and thinking about his legacy yeah what it all what it all meant yeah. <laughs> a lack of a legacy yeah 100% no. that is literally what this is uh he I don't know. We can read it if you want. There's some there's some choice shit in there. Uh, only if you want to. I feel like it might be played out by the time this airs. That's my only hesitation. Christopher Rufo has latched onto it. He says Mitt Romney does not understand why political opinions shifted dramatically between 2015 and 2020, which is why he is on the way out and J.D. Vance is on the way up. Hmm. <laughs> Chris Rufo should be on the way out in a body bag now. So. Speaking of uh, J.D. <laughs> Speaking of J.D. Vance, have y'all been following this stuff with the UAW, potential UAW strike and like J.D. Vance trying to like curve favor with the auto workers? Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I saw today is today. They're supposed to uh, declare a strike today, right? It's supposed to start today, isn't it? Yeah. And was yeah. he tweeting something about EV cars or something like electric vehicles or some shit like that? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Hilarious. And then the other thing, too, that he's doing is he's doing this thing that. Well, a lot of people on the left, like some of our more annoying friends that like mm. were latching on to the Oliver Anthony thing. They're mm. like eating up JD Vance's like cons like sort of nod to UAW. <clears throat> like like there are there is a certain segment of the left pining for like a right left. And I'm yeah. not talking like old school how like old school communists sometimes had to work with you know reactionaries and stuff like that. I think they really just kind of want to be like in concert with like right wingers. I yeah. think I think that you could be right. Some of them do have like latent conservative thoughts that they don't know how to acknowledge or act on. But I do think a big thing is just opportunism, just straight up, just cynical opportunism. Like they just see any politician in the mainstream giving any kind of like acknowledgement or whatever, even just the most like feeble acknowledgement to like workers they immediately think like, it, I don't know. It's like a form of kind of like entryism or tailism. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just completely yeah. opportunistic. In uh, my... I mean, also too, I mean, it's probably like a moot point, but I think also too, like the overlapping two big circles, things with those two groups are always these like quote oversights when it comes to race or gender or sexuality. You know what I mean? 
like I don't want to use the word class reductionist, but yeah, these people think that like, well, they hate the capitalists too. No, they're just anti-elitist and they also think the elites are Jews and they hate trans people, you know? So, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just this oversight that's convenient, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people will, I don't know, like, it seems to me that like J.D. Vance is kind of just playing the Friends of Coal uh, playbook because mm-hmm. he even mm-hmm. mentioned like something about just transition oh my god this is gonna be the fucking oh fucking i can't i can't find it now but he was basically like jd vance's whole thing is that we need to be driving gasoline guzzling vehicles and we don't need a just transition oh here it is it's right here he says um this is in response to that more perfect union twitter account like they Mm. asked trump for his remarks about the uaw strike and Trump, you know, released a statement that's, you know, uh, he says, time after time, I rescued the U.S. auto industry from certain destruction, withdrawing <laughs> from TPP, overhauling the Korea deal to restore the protective tariff on pickup trucks, canceling jo- Obama's job killing CAFE rules and replacing NAFTA with the USMCA while insisting on unprecedented protections for American labor. If I had caved on any of those promises to workers, the U.S. auto industry would be gone. It'd be dead. Gone. Gone. <laughs> gone. Um, Crooked Joe has sold you out to appease the environmentalist extremist in his party. Do not surrender. Um, basically, like, I don't know, like, saying all that stuff is probably not good for the auto workers, you know, and if they're negotiating right now, but regardless, JD Vance said, this is really gross. It's not fooling anyone. Uh, he's talking about the more perfect union tweet. Oh, not Trump's comment. Not okay. Trump's comment. Okay. Okay. He says the premature transition to EVs is destroying the auto industry in our country. The workers. Yeah. Because, because be- everybody you see is driving one. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, anytime it- you see one, it's like, Oh, that's a cute novelty thing. Somebody's <laughs> driving. Exactly. Well, yeah. and it's also, I'm it's also like the American auto industry went into crisis probably like three decades ago. You know what I mean? It's got nothing to do with it's got more to do with like offshoring manufacturing and, yeah. you know, NAFTA and a lot of this yeah. other stuff than it does yeah. with fucking electric vehicles, electric vehicles. That's like that's like that's like saying some shit like because I mean. I mean, at some point, it is now like sure, like this um, this sort of I don't call it a luxury item because I guess they're affordable, quote affordable electric cars, but they'll become more affordable, I guess, as the technology is more I don't know cheaper or I mean I don't even know what that means because where we get into tech from the batteries and shit to do this right. But at the same time though, it's like that's like saying like you know like the like cell phones put like like uh, house phones out of business or some shit like that. You know what I mean? You should be mad <laughs> like the companies, the telecommunications companies. Because now this new cell phone technology, the people that were using house phones are, you know what I mean? It's just like stupid, dude. You see this all the time in the industry. You saw this when the coal industry collapsed. There was that brief moment where everybody was pointing toward the gas companies. And like anybody that was in bed with the gas companies in like Eastern Kentucky and West Virginia and these places were like considered like traitorous until you realize that, oh, well, all these same guys own all these same fossil fuels. You know what I mean? Exactly, Exactly. And so... It's all just some fucking stupid thing. Another thing I was thinking about when you're saying that, Terrence, is <laughs> it seems like every administration that comes through has to have some kind of plan about how to like save the auto industry. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember Obama had like uh, 
<laughs> what was their cash for clunkers? There was all kinds of like mm-hmm. kind of goofy. He had like an auto czar. And then the big thing was, remember when they bailed out Detroit? Or mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the four whatever. Like it's like it's almost like in the same way that the University of Kentucky and the state of Kentucky sort of like props up the coal industry as like a proud legacy thing because they got these relationships. The United States does the same thing for Ford Motor Company and by extension, probably the others. But Ford seems to be sort of the poster child for it. Well, I'm pretty sure this could be entirely wrong, but I'm pretty sure one of the bailout or bailout, Jesus, COVID relief bills that they passed within the last few years has a provision in it that provides tax credits for EV hmm. purchases. So the government is in some way stimulating demand for that. And that's why that's that is why you are seeing more factories open up in the South that hmm. are specifically geared around EV production. Well, even last year, Andy Bashir in Kentucky announced they were going to open a Ford plant here that was specifically geared toward I think the F-150 Lightning. They were going yeah, to yeah, they're F yeah, Ford is trying to like get into it. Um but JD Vance said the workers don't need lectures about just transition. They need someone who stands up for them and fights alongside them. Kudos to Donald Trump for saying what needs to be said. <laughs> And shame on these progressive advocacy groups pretending to stand up for workers. Um, but I think right JD Vance right is on, JD. <laughs> his whole thing you is basically, it, brother, man. yeah, his whole thing is kind of like a a worker, like a petro based workerism. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, the thing about that is like, okay, I guess. If you want to put all your eggs in that basket, you want to like go, you know, full steam ahead with that. Um, you got like maybe 15, 20 years of like, you can get like maybe 15 years, 20 years of like carbon based fascism out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> a fascist steampunk world or some shit like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, because like you're gonna run out. It's it's like if you run out of the political economic basis for your political project, yeah, you're fucked, brother. I mean, yeah, yeah you might be able to like kill a lot of people in the pro- in the process, which yeah. not discount that that is a possibility. But yeah. uh, on the on the other side of it, you see like a lot of like progressive groups, liberal groups, and stuff like fighting for legislation that that really hasn't been relevant for 15 years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I mean, and like they will die like trying to get this passed, and like they don't understand is that like the world has moved on, and like mm-hmm. the suppositions in this thing that you've been devoting your life to are not even relevant. Yeah, they're completely <laughs> hollowed out. Yeah, yeah. Well, both both approaches are completely fucked. I mean, the market for like carbon trade offs or whatever the fuck uh, is from what I understand, uh, completely weighted to one side. It's not like a profitable market in any way. Like mm-hmm. I think, com- I think it's been well-documented that a lot of companies are lying about ha- like how much decarbonization they're doing. Yeah. I just saw this fucking ad from Apple where they got, uh, is it Octavia Spencer? The uh, Olivia actress? Rodrigo. No. Is that what you're talking about? Never mind, Not that one. The actress Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer, right? Like they uh-huh. got her. 
Apple Climate film with Octavia Spencer. It's oh, like a whole, God. it's all a, like a whole movie or some shit. Yeah. But a whole like, last movie with Octavia. Whole last movie. <laughs> whole, last, whole last movie, brother. Oh man. Uh, Speaking of currency, uh, could you imagine being on the Silk Road in like 2347 and like Tom steps out of the shadows <laughs> and says, like, I've got some carbon tokens for you. And also, I'm an oracle. I, I, in addition to being a peddler, I'm also an oracle. He's going to come in handy in a couple of millennia. <laughs> you might not live to see it, my friend. <laughs> I I think the larger point, though, is like the libs, they can try all this like carbon trade-offs and EV production and everything. But like that's a there's a contradiction inherent in that, too. Uh, so neither side here is. And that was always kind of like what was so hollow and um sort of silly about just transition it's mm. like okay you can use this term all you want and it's disparaged by the right wingers um but when the left when the lib libs use it it doesn't mean anything either doesn't mean anything either yeah you, because... you know no go ahead turn sorry no you go no i was just thinking when we were talking about this um i was just thinking about and this is ironically an apple plus tv show i think i mentioned it before in the show uh extrapolations which is like a mini series um about it's like an ensemble cast uh mill streep actually plays the last humpback whale in it it's it's a fucking it's really? a speculative fiction yeah it's interesting but it's also just kind of like it's just like like i mean it's hella liberal because essentially i mean they i think the showrunners understand the showrunner understands the same guy who did the show contagion that we could just keep kind of like staving off the inevitable you know but mm-hmm. like it seems as if like in the show, I think that um they have like a UN climate like Paris climate accords like a summit or something, and they keep changing like the the goalpost about like um about what's what's what is it about the how many cent- degrees centigrade you know about what that limit should be before companies like really and I'm like dude like yeah and at some point the show kind of like in its own ideology cement cements that well we really can't do anything drastic and radical so this is the best that we can hope for. And it's just like, yeah, man, this is all this sort of like, I don't know, all this like the carbon credits, all this shit is just like, dude, these companies not only are lying about it, but if if we don't even have the going in with the supposition that this is an existential battle to verify that these companies are even doing it to hold people accountable, you know, then what's yeah. the fucking point? What's you know? the point? Yeah. I got a question. Mm. Did you say that Meryl Streep plays a humpback well in this? <laughs> she plays the last. She plays the. She plays so not only plays the, the humpback well, the, the humpback last humpback well. The last. That's like well, if you brother. got uh, Jeremy Irons or Ben Kingsley to play Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry, Jerry Irons did play Alfred, so I mean, like, <laughs> I guess yeah, not not too far from. Not too far, not too far at all. Well, that's that, a regal butler, though. You know, he's a regal butler. He's a regal butler, and he's a badass butler. See, that's what I was getting at earlier. Like, there's no, there's going to be no post game press conference where I get to sit down with the last humpback well and say, like, <laughs> "How did you feel being played by Meryl Streep?" No. I, I do Thankfully, think people have no idea what you're talking about. Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, he just makes noises. Like, <laughs> 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 what I'm getting at is like the tragedy is that on 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 Earth that uh, we could be alien to our own species, like yeah. across millennia, and yeah. that like people four or five centuries from now living in the wasteland of what we've created, you know, rot. Yeah, you know, like not only will you not be be able to speak to them after the game. 
and then they can say like why didn't you do anything even if you could speak to them you couldn't even answer that question adequately yeah because you don't even have the context for it yo you you know what brother you're you're so right brother because i saw this tweet the other day man where i mean just talking about alien shit in the past dog like it was it was one of those fucking accounts man where i don't think it was one of the trad accounts but it was definitely one of those like classical accounts that post shit from like you know this is the roman empire Mm -hmm. and i don't know what the fuck it's called dog but it's like this stick with like cotton or some shit wrapped around it that everybody like would use to wipe their ass you know what i'm saying and then they'd all wash it out and then you know share it and use it around i'm like dog I'm coming from like the 21st century where I have like triple ply. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at the very at the at the very least, the shit that they got like in the hospitals and like you know public like public services that's not that bad. Like in an elementary school, it's kind of chafy, but even that is better. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> than God, that's some alien shit, dog. Like that's true. Out of here. That is very true. That's a shit stick, man. That's what they wouldn't return to. That is very true. Good on that, man. Um, I've never I've never felt strongly about toilet paper. Yeah. I've been criticized for having single ply at my house one time. Yeah. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I just kind of grab whatever's cheapest. I'm not particular about what I wipe my ass with, but yeah. apparently some people are. I'm yeah. a little particular. I'm a little particular. What, what, do, y'all, yeah. what do y'all recommend here? I, I always go with Charmin Ultra Soft. Yeah, I always go with Charmin Ultra Soft, man. Sometimes uh, too thick of a ply is, uh, you know, you don't want to use too much. You don't want to clog your uh, drains. You don't need that right, much. But, right. uh, you know, a little bit and you're fine to go, man. You know, you go. I, I, that's kind of my, my experience with cotton. In a way, as long as you don't, paradoxically, mm-hmm. I will say, sometimes if you just double up on the single ply, which I guess you could just do two ply and that problem solved. Mm-hmm. You, you get more integrity than the cotton nail that's a little too soft, and all of a sudden you got poopy fingers. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You like put your head up, you're like, what the fuck, yo? All right. Well, Carry speaking on. of doo-doo ass and toilet paper, um let's you want to you want to read this? You want to dive Romney, in on this? Yeah, let's 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 sure. see how sad Romney, Romney the sad. I mean, if it's if it's just Senator. boilerplate bullshit, at least we've given people close to forty minutes, and they yeah they can just turn off and say, "I've already heard all my favorite podcasts do this fucking stupid ass article. I don't need to listen to the Trillbillies mm-hmm. do it exactly." Or uh, I need, or maybe listen to them uh to uh, uh for them to do it uh how they'll do it. You know, maybe we'll uh. Maybe we'll glean something that uh, that anyone else who has covered this before hasn't. The, the Tardy Boys at it again, you know? Well, I would say as a preamble, uh, there is some interesting stuff in there about how in here about how the Senate works and some interesting tidbits about like the sort of culture of the Senate. Mm-hmm. And the culture that Mitt Romney is not a part of because he's an ostracized culture that Mitt Romney's not a part of. And there's some very you get some very good play by play January 6th. Stuff. Oh, I didn't even think about Mitt Romney on January 6th, dog. That's like, yeah. I mean, not that he's a Ned Flanders character, but it is kind of like, watching like Ned Flanders, like, you know what oh, I mean? Dude. Like, just very, he like, a little Flanders. Milk toast. He is a little no, Flanders, dude. you know? He was, he was like that Under Armour commercial on January 6th. He was like, we must protect his home. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was ready to put a posse together and go after the, uh, go after the, uh, uh, QAnon shaman and the boys. We got, really, got some Mormons in his office or some shit. They really. That's did what make... I was wanting to know if he sheds any light on the Latter Day Saints Church's internal practices. There is some interesting Mormon stuff in here too that I. Well, there's one thing shit. in particular. Shit, let's dive uh, in there, man. 
okay, what Mitt Romney saw in the Senate is an interesting headline off the bat, right? I mean, it's like he dead, first of all. <laughs> I remember reading this book uh, by Carlos Fuentes called, uh, what is it? What is it? The Life of Artemio Cruz. Is that what it is? Mm. It was a while back. Uh, the death of Artemio Cruz, my bad. <laughs> <Not> the, <laughs> sorry, brother. It's hard to get your hopes up. Not Quite alive. the opposite. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I mean, but, you know, it's like basically like a deathbed confession of this industrialist in Mexico. And uh, so, I like, kind of, so like Citizen Kane? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of modeled off the deathbed confession. In fact, let me read you the first paragraph. Uh-huh. For most of his life, Mitt Romney has nursed a morbid fascination with his own death, suspecting <laughs> that it might assert itself one day suddenly and violently. Yeah, you think... just missed the mark, brother. Maybe next time. I think that that's supposed to give you some sort of like premonition. In storytelling, we call this, uh, what is it? Foreshadow. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. yeah, yeah. You think he's going to die on January 6th, mm-hmm. or he might get assassinated because of his brave outspokenness against President Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says he would live to 120 if he could. So much is going to happen, he says. I want to be around to see it, but some part of him has always doubted that he'll get anywhere close. Well, you can join me in the post-game press conference this is true there is that he has never really interrogated the cause of this preoccupation but premonitions of death seem to follow him (laughs) okay this this god damn (laughs) this this got me dude this 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 presents a very a very convincing theory that Mitt Romney is in fact the hat man that people see in their Benadryl deliriums (laughs) That makes him a lot less scary. I'll be honest with you. Nothing about Mitt really <laughs> intimidating. Uh, well, listen. <laughs> Once years ago, he boarded an airplane for a business trip to London, and a flight attendant whom he'd never met saw him, gasped, and rushed from the cabin in horror. When she was asked what had so upset her, she confessed that she dreamt the night before about a man who looked like him, exactly like him, getting shot and killed at a rally in Hyde Park. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know how to respond other than to laugh and put it out of his mind but when a few days later he happened to find himself on the park's edge and saw a crowd forming he made a point not to linger <laughs> dude that you know what's what's hilarious <laughs> mitt's given his tail here because if i ever met mitt romney i'm gonna take him aside i'm gonna say senator governor there's something i have to tell you <laughs> Senator I, had a, I had a dream no less than three nights ago that uh, <laughs> you were failed by an assassin's bullet, and right as it pierced your skull, you shit your doo doo ass in front, of, <laughs> in front of everybody. Not, not only does he not go to Hyde Park, but he makes a, a point to wear a diaper everywhere that he goes. Just in case. <laughs> I think I think what it is is he's deathly afraid of getting killed by a Trump person. Like okay. which is a hilarious concept. And I and I sympathize with it because I've had this thought too. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. like, dude, if I get fucking shot and killed by one of these fucking morons, like I mean you want to talk about the post-game press conference, like holy fuck. Yeah. Very like, embarrassing. Just be like, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't, don't want to talk about it. Right, right. Uh, but you can tell that there's a big concern of his because 
for all he's done for the Republican Party to get blah, blah, just blown away by one of those fucking morons. Like you would, you know. I mean, if they were if they were talking about hanging President Pence and Trump was joking about it, then what do you think they would do to Mitt Romney, dog? You know, what I mean, like he's not safe either. Mitt Romney does have a very funny. I I have to give it to him. He has a very funny line in here about Mike Pence, but um. All of which is to say that there is something familiar about the unnerving sensation that Romney was feeling late on the afternoon of January 2nd, 2021. It begins with a text message from Angus King, the junior senator from Maine. Could you give me a call when you get a chance? Important. Uh, uh, what are you doing, Angus? That's <laughs> you don't you don't tee anybody up like that. Yeah, yo, you know, you don't fucking frighten me before God, I call you to figure out what the yeah. fuck it is, dog. Come on, you man. Would, you would if democracy was on the line. It's on the line. No, then demo- democracy and democracy needs now. Then you know we need to be uh, yeah. immediate about democracy. You know, what I mean? you wouldn't fuck. Tell around. me now, brother. Yeah, you would. Hey, can you talk on signal real fast? I think, <laughs> I think the government's about to be overthrown, bro. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Hey, man. Switch over to signal. So not- <laughs> uh, Romney calls and King informs him of a conversation he's just had with a high-ranking Pentagon official. Law enforcement has been tracking online chatter among right-wing extremists who appear to be planning something bad on the day of Donald Trump's upcoming rally in D.C. The president has been telling them the election was stolen. Now they're coming to steal it back. There's talk of gun smuggling, bombs, and arson, of targeting the, tra- the traitors in Congress who are responsible. Wait, can I ask a question real quick? Terrence, did you say is bad? they were going to do something bad? Is that a direct quote from one of them? That's just the way... McKay Coppins wrote this or Mackay Coppins. I don't know. How you, it just yeah. sounds funny because after that, it's like, yeah, they were going to bring in guns and all types of contraband and shit like that. But they were doing bad <laughs> things like naughty children. They're going to assassinate some representatives. <laughs> it's <laughs> like they would zip ties for Nancy Pelosi and AOC, but they were being bad children. <laughs> my, my question is why they chose Angus King to be the man that looks like if Errol Flynn would have made it to old age, you know? <laughs> <laughs> very, very marginal figure. Uh, it's the name. Walt Disney looking motherfucker, yo. His name is, is, it sounds like a steak. That's a man you can trust. A slab of meat. That's that, yeah. yeah. I also like it's reminiscent of the Usher song. Uh, everything I've been doing is all bad. <laughs> I've been playing in January 6th with my friends and I'm going to overthrow the government. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Romney's name had been popping up in some frightening corners of the internet which is why King needed to talk to him he isn't sure Romney will be safe Romney hangs up and immediately begins typing a text to Mitch McConnell McConnell (laughs) has been indulgent of Trump's deranged behavior but he's not crazy he knows that the election wasn't stolen that his guy lost fair and square he sees the posturing by Republican politicians for what it is He'll want to know about this, Romney thinks. He'll want to protect his colleagues and himself. Romney sends this text. In case you have not heard this, I just got a call from Angus King, who said that he had spoken with a senior official at the Pentagon, who reports they are seeing some very disturbing disturbing social media traffic regarding the protest planned on the 6th. There are calls to burn down your home, Mitch, to smuggle guns into D.C. and to storm the Capitol. I hope that sufficient security plans are in place, 
But I'm concerned that the instigator, the president, is one who commands the reinforcements the D.C. and Capitol Police might require. Mitch hits him back with a voice message. So, so. <laughs> could, could, could you switch over to signal? Yes. It's just we'll what, this, it, uh, what it is. We'll sit in a secure line. It's what it is. Is it's four days? You know when you're getting someone's texting you back and it has the three dots that someone's texting yeah. you. It's four days of that. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it ends immediately after January 6th. It just you get left on red. <laughs> Matt, yeah. if you're still, if you if you can, <laughs> if you're still with us, um, <laughs> Mitt, are, not, are you safe? <laughs> if you've not been failed by an assassin's bullet. <laughs> Switch over to signal so it can be brief. <laughs> you good, bro? You good? What's oh, funny is like, uh, Mitt feels like, um, oh my god, you know that he's being sort of chased by something, you know, like, uh, like some sort of horrible death awaits him, and <laughs> and Mitch is living that reality right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's his own body. Up, he just sees like a a demon named like Pazazu or something, <laughs> just like taunting him, and nobody else can see him. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even chasing it, yo. That shit is like fucking paying rent, like within his corporeal body, you know. That's a hell it's just, just, on his trail. It's just holding up, just chilling, yo. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so then we go to so yeah, Mitch McConnell never responds. Then we go to. <laughs> Uh, then we go did he really not respond he never responded <laughs> so how do you how do you what do you see him next time after all this is over yeah, what do you say like, about that? Oh. Like, bro yo my bad dog i got off late and i went to sleep and, you know my phone my phone was on silent because i was so tired Took two zannies you know i was yeah, you know out, i was man. knocked out bro my bad but you was good though everything was good everything yeah, straight yeah, you, right. yeah, you're good though right, right. nobody <laughs> tried to phone you right no assassins right okay cool <laughs> Uh, so anyways, now we go to Mitt's house. Um, um, he lives in a brick townhouse. Uh, the place had not been Romney's first choice for a Washington residence. When he was elected in 2018, he'd had his eye on a newly remodeled condo. Uh, his wife, Anne fell in love with the place, but his soon to be staffers warned him about the commute. So he grudgingly. <laughs> That's what you were going to say. His wife, <laughs> Anne fell in love with another man. <laughs> Oh, fell in love with the designer. Okay, we'll <laughs> we put a tab. In, put a tab in there. Uh, he grudgingly chose practicality over luxury and settled for the two point four million dollar townhouse instead. The practical two point four million townhouse practicality. Damn. So, um, what a humble guy. So, you know, he tried to make it nice so that Anne would be comfortable when she visited. Uh, by the way, I just watched Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy for like the. 30,000th time because I was sick and you just watch movies you've seen when you're sick. Uh, and Anne is the name of George Smiley's constantly infidelitous wife. No. So I don't know. It's just so, a weird synchronicity. So, so wait, hold on. You know how we said that, uh, that Mitt Romney has this uh, uh, death incarnate like uh, constantly shadowing him? Like, is it the same thing with his, like, wife? Like, does he imagine that she's going to cheat on him with the interior designer or something? I don't like, know. I'm just saying, different? listen to this. Listen mm-hmm. to this anecdote. I just thought mm-hmm. it was kind of strange. 
He tried to make it nice so that Anne would be comfortable when she visited. Uh, but his wife rarely came to Washington, and his sons didn't come either. And gradually, the house took on an unkempt bachelor pad quality. Son's got a new stepdad, dog. <laughs> Crumbs, his I like maybe it's like there's a reform movement in Mormonism, and the women are like, no, we should actually get to do poly. Uh, we should have we we should get to do like. What is it called when you marry multiple people? Not polyamory, I guess. Polygamy, but like polygamy, polygamy. I guess. Yeah, I'll be polygamy, yeah. So I mean. She's like, Mitt, I have a I have a third husband now. I have I have three brother husbands. Life <laughs> 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 brother husbands. changed since you've been gone. <laughs> since you've gone off to Washington. Uh crumbs Mr. Littered- Bit goes to Washington. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Crumbs littered the kitchen counter. Soda and seltzer occupied the otherwise empty fridge. I mean, dude, brutal. Is he living like a college student, dog? Like, what's going on, yo? Old campaign paraphernalia appeared on the mantle, clashing with the decorator's mid-tone color scheme. And a bar of Trump's small hand soap, a gag gift from one of his sons, was placed in the powder room. In the dining room, a 98-inch TV went up on the wall, and a leather recliner landed in front of it. Romney, who didn't have many This is the most divorced guy. Despite not being divorced, (laughs) he is the most divorced guy I've ever heard of. I I think it's kind of weird, honestly. Romney, who didn't have many real friends in Washington, ate dinner alone there most nights, watching Ted Lasso and Better Call Saul as he leafed through briefing materials. Uh... On the day of my first visit, he showed me his freezer, which was full of salmon fillets that he had been given to him by Lisa Murkowski. Uh, He didn't especially like salmon, but found that if he put it on a hamburger bun and smothered it in ketchup, it made for a serviceable meal. I mean, it's... uh, That's divorced guy shit. Yeah. Man, I mean, like, being a multimillionaire with political power, being a senator, sure, from Utah, but you're a senator, you know, from this uh, esteemed August uh, institution of the most powerful country in the world, and you are living like a broke college student, dog. You're living like me on a, like, lonely Saturday night, you know what I mean? When all my boys are out, I'm, like, depressed, and I'm watching Star Trek and, like, eating, like, you know, snacks, dog. There's some things here that just don't add up all the way, in my opinion. It's like, why did he... I remember when he ran for Senate in 2018. I was like, why is he doing that? Like, what is he trying to prove? Is it because of Trump? Is he like trying to like this article? Like you don't run for president and then take steps back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's it, not money. <laughs> yeah. He, he talked about how um, yeah, Makai Coppins talks about how handsome he is, how absolutely handsome he is. He looks great. He, he is. He is a great looking old yeah, he man. Is, he's very uh, craggy, craggy, uh, uh, you know, yeah. and craggy, handsome features. He's Mormon. He's never had a single fucking moment of like uh, regret, like waking up after having blackout drunk the night before. You know what I mean? Like, man's no never had a full flavored Coke. Just, just, <laughs> just caffeine free. Yeah, never had a Sprite remix, brother. Got to live it up, man. <laughs> um, what I didn't expect was how candid he was ready to be. Um, blah blah blah. Uh, he kept all of his old stuff, uh, personal papers, deposited stacks. Blah blah blah. He explained because he thought he might write a memoir one day, but he decided against it. I can't be objective about my own life, he said. Which I mean, 
I mean, like, that's dude, not what a fucking memoir is. What are you talking about, dog? It's, if it's a fucking memoir, how could you be objective yeah, about it, dog? It's your own life. No they, you're, you're a subjective human being. Now, he's really worried about he's going to get assassinated. He's going to get felled before he'll get to Nobody's going to read the Mitt Romney biog- uh, autobiography and think, oh, man, this is a man that's going to cast himself in like a very... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, bombastic. Have you ever read, like, you ever read yeah. a music autobiography that's like really authored by somebody else? They never really yeah. like they they never tell the bad shit they do. Yeah. They always cast themselves in the best light. Well, that's that's the funny thing about this article is that he basically got this guy. I mean, was this article because I know he's coming out with like a book. He didn't write the book. I think someone wrote the book about him. Oh no! The guy who wrote this article wrote the book about him. Oh my god! So he, he basically god. pitched his life to him, like as a biography. So this is guy. a fluff piece written by the did the dude who did the fluff biography. Yes, or like an excerpt to kind of tease the forthcoming. Yeah. Um, a very large portion of my party, he told me, doesn't really believe in the Constitution. He'd realized this only recently, he said. <laughs> Yo, the, I would love to, I would love to be these people, dog. Like ignorance is bliss. Yo, like, just like little puppies, little babe, not even babies, man. Mitt Romney may well be the only man that in the Republican Party that has a, a moral compass. Like I genuinely believe that he strives to be a good person, but <laughs> he doesn't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, like he doesn't know how because there's so many things that he's sort of Pollyannish about this yeah. whole thing. Even exactly. then, though, I can't you can't let it go that like in 2012, he ran on a on repealing Obamacare after when he was governor of what was it, Massachusetts, yeah. the fucking health plan that they implemented in Massachusetts was basically to the left of Obama. Uh, instituted by his father, actually, right? I think first, right? I think it was actually. His, yeah. his dad was his dad was governor of Michigan. Michigan, but yeah, I think it wasn't it. Yeah, wasn't it something similar like that they had instituted before that they were calling Romney Care, which yeah, basically was like as well, said, that like, was the basis for Obamacare yeah. to become Obamacare. Yes. Well yeah, Obama, yeah. Obamacare be way more watered down. But well, yeah. My point is that like my point is that like Okay, so you clearly didn't have any principles then. Like yeah. you were totally fine on running on this platform in 2012 that was totally like revanchist and yeah. reactionary and all these other ways. Not that like Obamacare was good because yeah, fuck Obamacare. But you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just yeah, like if your whole thing is like I'm a principled man and I stand by my convictions, then like and to to his credit, he does acknowledge at multiple times in this thing that like in this piece that like I lost in 2012. Like I am a loser, basically. Like mm-hmm. I now I juxtapose that with Clinton's. I was the leader. I, I was leader of the free world for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt Romney. I was the biggest loser. <laughs> the biggest loser to ever set foot in the halls of power. <laughs> um, oh God, dude. I had never encountered a politician so openly reckoning with what his pursuit of power had cost. Earlier this year, he confided to me that he would not seek re-election to the Senate in 2024. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Shortly after moving his Senate office, Romney had hung... I thought this was interesting. Romney had hung a large rectangular map on the wall. First printed in 1931 by Rand McNally, the Histo map attempted to chart the rise and fall of the world's most powerful civilizations through 4,000 years of human history. 
When Romney first acquired the map, he saw it as a curiosity. After January 6th, he became obsessed with it. He showed the, <laughs> he showed the map to visitors, brought it up in conversations and speeches. More than once, he found himself staring at it alone in his office at night. The Egyptian How did Empire, it happen? Are we next? <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptian Empire had reigned for some 900 years before it was overtaken by the Assyrians. Then the Persians, Romans, Mongolians, and Turks. Each civilization had its turn and eventually collapsed. Uh, <laughs> maybe the falls were inevitable, but what struck Romney most about the map was how thoroughly it was dominated by tyrants of some kind. A man gets some people around him and begins to oppress and dominate others, he said. It's a testosterone-related phenomenon, perhaps. I don't know. But in the history of the world, that's what happens. America's experiment in self-rule is fighting against human nature. Dude, <laughs> my man is fully based. He, he is, is fully he fucking He's having an existential crisis right now. This is You were saying earlier that you know he had never dealt with any sort of crushing blow to his psyche. Like, this is it, dog. Almost getting uh, you know, people threatening to hang him on January. I low key want to read this. This is the most interesting this guy's ever appeared to me. <laughs> Same, yeah. I love how he's gone full on nihilist to where like he's like the American experiment, democracy defies human nature. <laughs> exactly. But but what he's saying also is that like we can't have we can't go back to like monarchy or like strict oligarchic rule or anything either. So basically what he's saying, he's adopting a kind of like nihilist position, which is like, nothing's possible, dude. Fuck it all. Maybe yeah, we'll just yeah. get, maybe we'll all fucking die, man. Yeah, Fuck my man. life, dude. We'll just eat salmon and ketchup sandwiches my, and watch my, my Ted Lasso until the end of time. see me and I'm sitting there eating fucking <laughs> TV dinners and salmon. <laughs> Dude, fuck my Oh, I'm life. probably going to die miserable, painful. My only friend is fucking Angus King, bro. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. He said, this is a very fragile thing. Authoritarianism is like a gargoyle lur lurking over the cathedral, ready to pounce. For Wait, the, first time the gargoyles life, are there to protect the cathedral? Oh, God, that's why they're <laughs> right. That's why they're it's there. That's <laughs> why you're totally botched that. You have horrible analogies. That's like, that's like when Terrence botches an idiom. <laughs> it leaves a lot to be tired. You be desired, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> like, a, like a scarecrow drawing all the crows into the field. <laughs> that is so funny, dude. Like, you can tell he's a Mormon just because he doesn't know what a cathedral even is. He's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's like, he grew up going to churches that were like built in old shopping malls, abandoned <laughs> shopping malls. Or like cabins. Yeah. Um, so then we, you know, this section, I won't get into this section because it's kind of boring, but it basically recounts how he went into the Senate in 2018 and it recounts the whole story of how he um voted to convict trump in the impeachment proceedings and like his whole internal deliberation about that which whether he was willing to risk his life it get yeah. got a good guy like that was the thing like his his staffers he literally talks about the night that he decides that he's going to vote to impeach trump and literally, he, like, he has staffers in his office hanging their heads in their hands for hours. Like, like the night before we dropped the bomb or some shit like that? Yes, <laughs> yes. 
and they're like, deliberating. <laughs> they take off their fucking bro, brown line glasses, the tortoise shell glasses, they're smoking cigarettes throughout the night and shit like that, undoing their ties at their collars. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go out and get coffee. It uh, was, yes, it was like Houston Mission Room, fucking NASA, I, I don't know, Apollo 13. It was like, yes. They were they were devastated. Well, some of them were devastated. Some of them were supportive, but mo- mostly it was a very tense and stressful yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about how uh, he you know he goes and visits Mansion on Mansion. Mansion has a boat called uh, what is it? Almost Heaven. Oh, yeah, we'll, almost. So he get a ride out if he needed to leave the country or some shit like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, Mansion's, Mansion has a houseboat called Almost Heaven. Um, anyways, so, and then it talks about how Paul Ryan called him on the phone once he heard that Romney was going to vote to convict Trump for impeachment. And Paul Ryan was like, no, no, no. <laughs> They're going to kill Ryan. you, bro. Paul Ryan's <laughs> like, bro, can you switch over to Signal? <laughs> <laughs> and then they switch over to Signal, he's like... Bro, I got two tickets to Rage Against the Machine and run the jewels. You in? Get yourself out of Washington tonight. Probably good for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now we come to January sixth. This is the. I mean, this is like if we're in a if we're in a movie. This is like the Rome apocalypse, dude. I guarantee you, they're gonna make a movie about this with like George Clooney playing him. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like, absolutely. absolutely. They're gonna a, they're gonna have a measured they're gonna have a measured um, moderate Republican who's gonna be like the the audience's point of view that's gonna be traversing through this uh, world of a uh, of a uh, mutilated American politics, right? Yeah. That's one hundred percent the case. I can already see it. it's like uh, the statesman. Yeah. Yeah, George Clooney playing Mitt Romney's a lock as much as Giancarlo Esposito playing Obama one day. Lock of the century. Um, as it has happened already. Early on the morning of January 6, 2021, Romney slid into the back of an SUV and began the short ride to his Senate office with a Capitol Police car in tow. Anne had begged him not to return to Washington that day. She had a bad feeling about all of this. I should say not to return home. <laughs> like <just don't... laughs> I'm good. I, all my needs are met. Me and Steve are good. Me, Steve, and the kids are good. Wait, Steve. Who the... He's been blowing the back, back walls. <laughs> We're fine here, brother. We're fine, babe. Um, In the year since his impeachment vote, her husband had become a regular target of heckling. Uh, they shot a traitor from car windows and confronted him in restaurants. Romney had tried to make light of her concern. If I get shot, you can move on to a younger, more athletic husband. Steve, yo, she's already <laughs> on it, dog. <laughs> I oh. like it. Maybe, maybe Mitt Romney is like, hey, I'm going to be in D.C. Do you want to open up the relationship? Maybe they opened it up. Yeah. Um, a special police court escort had been arranged for him that morning, but now as he looked out the windows at the streets of D.C., he found himself wondering about its utility. If somebody wants to shoot me, he thought, what good is it to have these guys in a car behind me? And then he immediately <laughs> regretted the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets the Senate. Uh, the Senate chamber is a, ch- a cloistered place with no television monitors or electronic devices and strict rules that keep outsiders off the floor. So when the doctor's Senate... office, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's those little like home and garden magazines. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they got what jet magazine, what ebony magazine. <laughs> it's like all the all the fucking pages are like <laughs> stuck together. Stuck together. It's like hang is king. Have you been taking any to the bathroom again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just got uh, the October 2011 edition of Southern Living. <laughs> None of those magazines and waiting areas are ever up to date. No, <laughs> no they're not. Be like an issue of the source from 1997 or some shit like that, bro. <laughs> There's nothing worse than just like having like uh, health anxiety and like you're sitting there waiting to see a doctor and you're already tripping out. And you, the only thing to divert your attention is just fucking uh, yeah, better homes and gardens from 2009. <laughs> the last person who touched that is dead. Yeah. They've times, already died. times uh, man of the year uh, issue from. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh man. Um. Okay. He gets to the Senate. He doesn't have any any idea anything's really going on. Wait, so uh, he walked into this shit blind? He walked into a blind, basically. At 2 p.m. At he 2 was getting having premonitions, and he still walked into a <laughs> blind. Having, Final and, destination and, premonitions. And big, ain't, big Ain tipped him off, and he still <laughs> raw dog this. Yeah, Big King tipped you off, dog, and you still walked up in that bitch, bro. What are you doing? Fuck. Out. He has a death wish. <laughs> this, is where, this is where you turn around, brother, make it about face. You doing Abe Simpson and walk out the fucking door, dog? Wow. At 2.08 p.m., Romney's phone buzzed with a text message from his aide who had been communicating with Capitol Police. Protesters getting closer, high intensity out there. He suggested that Romney might want to move to a hideaway. Romney looked around the chamber. The hideaway was a few hundred yards and two flights of (laughs) stairs away. He didn't want to leave if he didn't have to. He stayed put. He decided he unless the protesters got inside the building. A minute later, Romney's phone buzzed again. They're on the west front, overcame barriers. Adrenaline surging, Romney stood and made his way to the back of the chamber where he pushed open the heavy bronze doors. George Clooney pushed that shit yeah. open. Let me see the pecs. Go do it, bro. Mm. He was expecting <laughs> He was expecting the usual crowd of reporters and staff aides, but nobody was there. A strange, unsettling quiet had engulfed the deserted corridor. He turned left and started down the hall toward his hideaway when suddenly he saw a Capitol Police officer sprinting toward him at full speed. <laughs> when they're running away from something? Who, who, who they is, running who, towards? Who's playing this? Who's playing this police? Is like Giovanni Ribisi or something like that? Like <laughs> Sprinting? Usain Bolt sprinting? Go back in, the officer boomed without breaking stride. You're safer inside the chamber. Chamber. Romney turned around and started to run. He got back in time to hear the gavel drop and see several men, Secret Service agents presumably, rush into the chamber without explanation and pull the vice president out. Then all at once, the room turned over to chaos. A man Wait, can I say something real quick? Real quick, I don't mean to interrupt because this is a really good narrative. But if I didn't know this was about January six, and you just read it, read an excerpt, I think would they get chased by a demon or something? Is this a bot? Is this an entity like a senator swallowing entity? Like what the fuck is going if on? I've right been now? living in a cave the last four years. I would say this is like a James Patterson novel. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the one he co-wrote with Bill Clinton. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but it says he heard the gavel drop, like metaphorically or like seriously. Did someone hit the gavel? gavel did they drop the gavel because they ran they were so scared <laughs> i guess i'm keeping that thing i'm fucking i'm hitting QAnon shaman in the fucking nose mallet dog it's like yeah. how much better would this story be if mitt just just 
just like sort of waddled out there and then took that gavel and just cracked that motherfucker right in the head. <laughs> just knocked one of these motherfuckers out. Yeah, he, he got he gets the guy on Nancy Pelosi's desk and he uh pulls his nuts out and he starts beating him and beating he, him. He starts malleting his nuts. <laughs> he's now yeah, he's malleting his nuts. <laughs> he's like less like uh, while um He's doing the Wu Tang thing. Yeah, Method Man's playing, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just like got a spiked bat, and he's just like putting the shot, the QAnon shaman's nuts on the table and hitting." It's just played in the background. He's yeah, he's cut off the Nancy Pelosi guy's eyelids. Just keeps taking his picture. <laughs> Officials are scampering around the room in a panic, slamming doors shut and barking at senators to move farther inside. Something about the volatility of the moment caused Romney, a walking uh, amalgam of prep school manners and Mormon niceness and the practice cool of the private equity set to lose his grip. I for, for, We forget about that. Bain Capital. Remember this yeah. motherfucker ran a private equity. Yeah, we should, I shouldn't. I shouldn't get, you know, too excited. I shouldn't say too much about him being a. Yeah, because he's, he's a piece of scum, scum to earth. Yeah, yeah for, I forgot about that. Private yeah, cool, about yeah, private cool of the private equity, practice school of the private equity set to lose his grip. And he finally vented the raw anger he had been trying to contain. He turned to Josh Hawley, who was huddled with some of his right wing colleagues and started to yell. You mean the motherfucker that was holding up the, fit, the, the, the fist to these motherfuckers like an hour before January 6th? Josh Hawley, that motherfucker. And then was seen running down the halls, pulling his skirt up. I, dude, I just I just want you to all dial just like step back and like take in the whole like Makai Coppins doesn't do this, but take in the whole fucking holistic scene here. You've got like several hundred dipshits storming the barricades on the outside of this building, like guys hanging their nuts at like teabagging Nancy Pelosi's desk and shit. Meanwhile, Mitt Romney is yelling at Josh Hawley on the inside. And Josh Hawley's probably pissing his pants because Mitt Romney is yelling at him. Like, yeah. oh, my God. It's the first time he's ever had anybody yell at him in his life, probably. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And it's a Mormon. He's got his... <laughs> of all, of nice all people, guy. it's a fucking Mormon. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Romney... Were you going to say something, Tom? No, I was just going to say, I think it's hilarious. Josh Hawley wrote a book about masculinity when he's the most light-in-the-ass guy in the Senate. <laughs> like, totally, like, uh, closeted, quarter-zip, dipshit guy. That's what he shit, reads to me, but, you know, whatever. Romney turned to him and said, this is what you've gotten, guys. Whatever the words, the sentiment was clear. This violence, this crisis, this assault on democracy, this is your fault. Soon, Romney was being rushed down a hallway with several of his colleagues. The mob was only one level below, so they couldn't take the stairs. Instead, the senators piled into elevators, ten at a time, while the rest loitered anxiously in the hallway. I didn't know that. That's Here's what happens. Bad. They all get to safety, and then Mitt stands up and says, oh, my God. What is it, Senator? I'm going back for Angus. <laughs> we left Angus. No, you Senator, you can't. It's not safe. Save yourselves. I'm Save going yourselves. back for Angus. Go on without me. A Senator never leaves his fellow countrymen behind. Uh, going back for the king. For the uh, Yeah. I, 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 I'll, I like 10 at a time in an elevator. Like you're really pushing the limits of that thing. What if the fucking thing just failed and it plummeted like 20 stories? That was the real disaster of January 6th. All these motherfuckers <laughs> back to the elevator die. Um, what if, we, what if, let me ask you a question. You're building the January 6th monument. 
to commemorate the assault on our democracy. <laughs> and you had uh, 15 senators die, but not at the hands of the QAnon shaman and the invading <laughs> hordes, but because the elevator uh, hadn't been properly inspected in over two years and it snapped and killed them. Do you still put those dead senators on the monument as casualties that day? Yeah. Yeah. Can the body of it be an elevator? Can it be like a large, like rectangular block? I think we should then. I think so. I No, I think you're right. I think that they, they should um, construct like a mock gallows, Mm -hmm. but instead of like a noose, it's an elevator. It's an elevator instead of coming down. And it's like, this is democracy. And it looks like it's hanging democracy. And it's like inside the elevator. hanging by a thread. Democracy only goes up or down. Hanging by a thread. (laughs) Like this underserviced elevator is hanging by a thread. Oh, man. Uh, Um, It's going to be tag live for the movie. Starring starring George Clooney, the statesman. Yeah. The statesman. There we go. That's good. When they reached the basement, Romney asked the pair of police officers, where are we supposed to go? One of the officers replied, the senators know. The uh, Romney's aide spoke up. These are the senators. Then they don't know. So where are we supposed to go? I like I like this cop was like, had no idea who Mitt Romney was. No idea who any of these guys were. Also, weren't the cops the people who were like, some of these cops are moving the barricades to let these motherfuckers in. So what if he said, actually, you want to go right out those doors? Sir? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. They're waiting for you outside. <laughs> They're waiting for you with the news. Just licking their fucking lips and running. Like, yeah. 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 Doing a Birdman hand rub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got no one boys um romney was mystified by the ineptitude but he knew the situation wasn't the police's fault he thought about the text message he'd sent to mcconnell a few days earlier explicitly warning of this scenario how are they not ready for this it is an interesting question hey i'll be honest with you i've been (laughs) racking my brain for a few years now thinking about that uh Let's see. Let's see. Eventually, the senators made it to a safe room. There were no chairs at first, so the cell shocked. Legislators simply wandered around, murmuring variations of, I can't believe this is happening. When someone wheeled in a TV and turned on CNN, the senators got their first live look at the sacking of the Capitol. A sickened silence fell over the room as anger and outrage were replaced by dread. I I like how they're like, "I, I don't understand why this is happening. (laughs) as if as if like i'm not you know as if like you've not just spent your entire career trying to figure out how to like make immiserate all these people out here now descending on this and i'm not saying it's right or anything like that but i'm saying like you know well gee i wonder and also even at a more even at a more sort of like facile level like this was happening literally because Trump told them to do it. And like you all fucking went along with this. Exactly. Yeah, you, you all created the condition, literally created yeah. the conditions for this to happen to you. I, I, I like, I was, you know what? I'll put it this way, man. Like if like there are tens of millions of people, right, that feel fear and dread, existential dread every day of their lives, right, for just, you know, trying to get a job, trying to find something to eat, trying to take care of their kids. And like, I'm not saying that any of this is right, right? But for these guys to be truly afraid for the first time in their lives, probably, the way that they immiserate and terrify millions of people, I mean, I can live with that, you know? That is kind of the irony. It's kind of like the thing that makes it so interesting about, like, Mitch seeing the Grim Reaper every Mm -hmm. 10 days. It's (laughs) It's like, dude... 
you can't traffic in this kind of like evil without mm. letting in something through the portal without yeah. something <laughs> without something grabbing onto your to yes. hotels and like riding through the portal yes and it's like you opened the tome of the dead you know what i'm saying yeah, what do you think yeah. something wasn't gonna come back out right. and grab you motherfucker exactly so it's like all the shit that you went along with and did invading the invading two countries the war on terror crashing the economy you mm -hmm. fucking name it welfare reform you fucking name it every genocidal thing they've done it's like did you really think that you would get away scot-free that like there wasn't some sort of universal right the universe yeah. finds a way to like and you know and it, again it is a tragedy that like mm -hmm. it wasn't us that was scaring them. Yeah. But they, they would have mowed us down if they if it was. But yeah, right. exactly. They exactly. Mowed us down exactly. It, right, right. Exactly. That is exactly. the irony. It's like, dude, if we that is the thing. Like people, it really can't be said enough that like if we if the left were the ones out there doing this, they would have brought in attack helicopters and just started <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would have been drone <laughs> mowing us down. Yeah, yeah, First yeah. time we're gonna use a drone on US uh US lands. <laughs> Get some <laughs> just I mean it would have been a story, holiday please. after that, dog. What this story needs is a third act double cross. Yeah, and here's how I'm envision envisioning it happening. Because you get you get a little artistic license with these type of things. Y'all ever watch that movie Toy Soldiers? Yes. Where the Wait, terrorists the actual... invade that? Yeah. Oh, with the actual Toy Soldiers. Is that a Joe Dante movie? Movie? No, it's it's a uh, like uh, these prep school like these terrorists take over this prep school. Right. There is like, a Joe Dante movie about. That's Boy small soldiers. soldiers. That's small. Yeah, soldiers. I was thinking small soldiers, but the, the toy soldiers. That's what I was thinking about. Sorry, yeah. continue, continue. Well, here's how the this double cross is going to go. It's like things finally quiet down, and Mitch looks down and sees a text message light up on Angus King's phone, and it's from Donald <laughs> Trump. <laughs> and he doesn't say anything; he kind of keeps it to himself. And then, like later on, after the smoke's cleared, Angus says to him. Mick, can you believe this? This happened. He's like, nah, I can't. And then he just walked and he said, and then as Angus King's walking out the door, you just hear Mitt say, You knew, didn't you, son of a bitch? Because <laughs> Angus King does look like a like a villain. You know, he, he turns does. around he and he that says, yeah. That goddamn mustache. He turns and he says, What do you mean? What do you mean, Mitt? What you... But I told you days ago that this is you knew you're in you're in this with this the whole time aren't you and then yeah. you know he just feels that you, you, you somebody that's a better writer than me can workshop that but that's mm -hmm. how it needs to go <laughs> or like mitch yeah like mitt goes out to get some ketchup late at night for his salmon burger and like he sees angus scurrying underneath the awning of one of those buildings six pack of like again a zero percent <laughs> Not he's, alcoholic and yeah, he has some ketchup for his fucking salmon. You see, yeah, he like sees, a butterita some shit. He sees Angus scurrying beneath the awning of one of those buildings next to the Capitol building, and he's like removing one of the pipe bombs he put in the potted planter there and putting it in his jacket. <laughs> and like, and like, and Mitch gets out of the car and he's like standing there as like Angus is putting it into his thing, and then like Angus Angus looks up and he looks past the camera, and then like. The, the lens focuses first on Angus and then on Mitt. And Angus doesn't turn around and he says, you knew all along it was me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and it just ends, cut scene. And then, and then there's a gunshot, like a fucking bullet explodes <laughs> through Angus. Wait, 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 wait. Before that happens, though, uh, they just nod and kind of share like, you know, like kind of a laugh for old time's sake. Uh, 
And then Mitt looks at him and says, what happens now, Angus? And then Angus says, I think you know what happens now. <laughs> and then that's when. No, no. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. I think you know what happens. And then it explodes out and you see all this blood. And then, and then Mitt walks up to him and then Angus is writhing around. But then he looks up and he goes, and he goes, wait, and he, what? And he puts his hand in it and he looks at it and he goes, ketchup. <laughs> that's right. You son of a bitch. And he throws his, his salmon burger. <laughs> he dips his salmon burger in it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's its signature calling card the ketchup like i would never slay my fellow senator senate uh but you must you know you have to get out of the country now you're we're shipping you off to mexico where they don't have democracy you can't run you're, for election you're a disgrace you're a disgrace <laughs> angus uh so anyways it goes on to talk about how like Mitt was shocked that the Republicans doubled down on this the steal um that like the election had been stolen. Mm. Um what bothered Romney most about Holly and his cohort was the oily disingenuousness. They know better, he told me. Josh Hawley is one of the smartest people in the Senate, if not the smartest, and Ted Cruz could give him a run for his money. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's not jump off the deep end. All right. I think Mitt is mistaking credentialization for intelligence. Exactly, exactly. Or or just even like any any uh, understanding of, you know, cause and effect, you know. You mm -hmm. can graduate <laughs> like from Princeton or Harvard and still be essentially... Fucking stupid. Dumb as a brick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, for a blessed moment after January 6th, it looked to Romney as if the fever in his party might finally be breaking, but obviously it didn't. But the Republicans' flirtation with repentance was short-lived. Uh, some of the reluctance to hold Trump accountable was a function of the same old perverse political incentives. But after January 6th, a new, more existential brand of cowardice had emerged. One Republican congressman confided to Romney that he wanted to vote for Trump's second impeachment, but chose not to out of fear for his family's safety. Um, uh, as dismayed as Romney was by this line of thinking, he understood it. Most members of Congress don't have security details, uh, blah, blah, blah. By the time, that's an interesting <laughs> fact, fact, just, just. Putting that out there, just just our... throwing it out there, <laughs> throwing out to our listeners that they don't have. If you want to become the fulcrum of history to change an entire nation, you too can do it. Yo, by the time Democrats propose, strictly speaking, there's no impediment to that. <laughs> by the time Democrats proposed a bipartisan commission to investigate January 6th, the GOP's 181 is complete. Um. In spring 2021, Romney was invited to speak at the Utah Republican Party convention in West Valley City. Suspecting that some in the crowd might boo him, he came up with a little joke to diffuse the tension. As soon as he went on stage, he would ask the crowd of partisans, what do you think of President Biden's first 100 days? When they booed in response, he'd say, I hope you got that out of your system. But when Romney took the stage, he quickly realized he'd underestimated the vitriol. The heckling and booing were so loud and sustained he could barely get a word out. As he labored to push through his prepared remarks, he became fixated on a red-faced woman in the front row who was furiously screaming at him while her child stood by her side. <laughs> he paused. Aren't you embarrassed? He couldn't help but ask her from the stage. Uh, afterward, Romney tried to reframe it as a character-building experience. A moment in which 
Okay, this is interesting. A moment in which he got to live up to his father's example. When he was young, Mitt had watched an audience stacked with auto union members vociferously boo his dad during a governor's debate. George had been undeterred. He was proud to stand for what he believed in, Romney told me. If people aren't angry at you, you really haven't done anything in public life. So it's like his dad's like profile and courage is just getting his shit stuff, his shit pushed in by like auto workers. Getting rotten fruit and shit thrown at him and shit like that. They got to pull in the cave from offset the stage and grab him, pull, yank him off and shit. <clears throat> oh, God. But he, he talks about like he really feels more danger. He feels more at danger. He like, talks about, like, in 2012 getting heckled by, like, Occupy Wall Street and mm. anarchists and stuff. And, like, he feels literally more at danger now than he did back then. Oh, yeah, um, makes sense. He says there are deranged people among us. People carry guns. It only takes one really disturbed person. Um, uh, uh, what, what? The, the dissonance is amazing, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Yeah. Right. Um. In some ways, Romney settled most fully into his role as a senator once Trump was gone. He joined a bipartisan gang of lawmakers who actually seemed to enjoy legislating, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But as Romney surveyed the crop of Republicans running for Senate in 2022, it was clear that more Hollies were on their way. Perhaps most disconcerting was J.D. Vance. I don't know that I can disrespect someone more than J.D. Vance, Romney told me. They'd first met years earlier after he'd read hillbilly elegy romney was so impressed with the book that he hosted the author at his annual park city summit in 2018 um blah 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 he then talks about like vance switching or whatever he said i do wonder how do you make that decision romney mused to me as vance was degrading himself on the campaign trail how can you go over a line so stark as that and for what um, Romney wished he could grab J- Vance by the sol- shoulders and scream, this is not worth it. It's not like you're going to be famous and powerful because you became a United States senator. It's like, really? You sell yourself so cheap? Is he looking at the mirror when he's saying that shit? I know. I know. It's like, you are a senator, dude. A, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but he goes on to talk about how like people have approached him and Manchin and asked them to both run for president and to start their own party. Which I got to say, I really want that to happen. I really want one of those two dipshits to run for president. Again, in Romney's case, yeah, for uh, the first time in Manchin's case, uh, as an independent, I think that yeah. would be hilarious. Uh-huh. I think I think if they do, their mascot should be, uh, for some reason, the quail is uh, is brought up to mind, you know? Yeah. Or a pheasant or some shit like that, you know, like a fowl, like a like a land, like a flightless land fowl, you know? His working slogan for the party is stop the stupid which is very reminiscent of that like john stewart like restore sanity rally or whatever bullshit yeah yeah yeah. you know i'll just say too man you know i think romney is of uh like like a statesman the statesman that he is i think not that he has this vision but he seems like he wants to affect this like cincinnatus kind of statesman yeah like kind of you know august like you know well i took up the mantle to save my nation you know but instead of retiring to live back on his farm he's in a fucking hotel room or wherever his fucking brownstone is watching <laughs> eating salmon and catching sandwiches <laughs> eating, fucking, eating fucking tv dinners and watching andy griffith <laughs> that can mean that can mean only one of two things, both of which are hilariously not in their favor. <laughs> one is that 
the lives of elites have so thoroughly degraded since the time of the Roman Empire or Roman Republic that it's like, is this really what you're defending? Is this really what you're like assassination <laughs> to defend? Okay, that's bleak. But the alternative is also really hilarious. The alternative is that Cincinnatus didn't retire to a farm. Cincinnatus also probably retired to like a lonely hovel, like a cabin somewhere and was like eating salmon with. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. He would move to the Ohio Valley and, and start the best city in America. The Cincinnati. The first Cincinnatus, of course, the first mayor of the his eponymous town. His eponymous town, right. <laughs> Um, it was hard, but it was hard to dispute that the battle for the GOP's soul had been lost, and Romney had his own soul to think about. He was all too familiar with the incentive structure in which the party's leader were op- party leaders were operating. He knew it would take, he knew what it would take to keep winning. The things he would have to rationalize. You say, okay, I better get closer to this line, or maybe step a little bit over it. If I don't, it's going to be much worse. You can always convince yourself that the other party or the other candidate is bad enough to justify your own decision across that line. And the problem is that line just keeps on getting moved and moved and moved. So that's the end. Uh, This is like, this is like, it's just also remarkable that like, you know, these people that spend inordinate resources are willing to like do the bidding of, I mean, he's, he was, you know, a venture venture capitalist himself. So it's not really doing the bidding of his just in a different elevated position of the same kind of fucking yeah, work. Nobody held a gun to his head and told <laughs> exactly. him to do, to uh-huh. have the career. Yeah, exactly dog. And you don't even have any inkling at all that this is what you're going into, that you're probably going to sell your soul. How are you not looking at Mitch McConnell? Like that guy is undead, you know, this is what happens. Well, and also like Romney ran in 2012 trying to capture the groundswell quote unquote i don't even know how much of it was organic and how much of it was astroturfed but whatever of the tea party yeah so it's like dude i mean sitting here and like pointing out romney's own like long sort of like storied uh you know implicate implicate you know like I don't know, like how he's implicated in all this is like, mm. you know, it's whatever. But it's mm. like, don't don't pretend like you didn't have a hand in this. You can't yeah, you didn't right, start the pot yeah. too. Yeah, you well, can't. That's probably what this is: is to like some revisionist history to wash his hands of like yeah. the, what's yeah. coming. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't stand outside of it. Like you can't. I mean, you. It's like you wore the uniform, man. You don't get to take it off when you go home. I mean, like that's you don't get to like once it like once it manifests and it's like truly ugliest, most fucked up genocidal form. You don't get to then go home and take off the uniform and say, oh, no, I knew all. No, no, no you need Aldo Rain to carve it in your fucking yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. Now you've just uh, switched out the uniform for a target on your back, you know, by yeah. the same fucking people in your same fucking party. Yeah. You know? I will say he did have a funny line about Pence, though. Um, Romney has long been put off by Pence's pious brand of Trump sycophancy. No one, he told me, has been more loyal, more willing to smile when he saw absurdities, more willing to ascribe God's will to things that were ungodly than Mike Pence. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, I I see what you're saying, Tom, earlier when you said that. Like for all of and I'm, this is not to lionize or sanctify Romney, but like I guess he truly does believe that he has a moral compass. And for him to say that Pence is pretty much a dog eating Trump's scraps is pretty funny, you know. It is it is, I mean <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. 
coming from Mitt Romney, that's pretty funny. That is pretty exactly. Who was who was even who was beholden? I mean, I guess it's better to be beholden to an astroturfed, like fake ass movement than it is one man. Well, I, don't I mean, know, that's you know? the thing. Like he was eating Coke Brothers shit. You know what I mean? Like yes. that's that yes. was like the that was the uh, lib villain before Trump yes. was like the yes. Coke Brothers. Yeah. Uh, but like you know, Romney was like fucking your platonic ideal of like a Koch brothers candidate in 2012. So it's Absolutely. like, dude, come on. Like, well, now, 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 now it's just a little bit too ugly, you know? Yeah. Well, we made it through this episode and we did. you know, I'm shocked. I did it, but uh, I'm proud you of did, myself. Man. You should be, you should be unlike Mitt Romney. You should be uh, proud of yourself. Yeah. And the path that you have forged in this uh, past, <laughs> past hour and change. Um, well, I think that about covers it, guys. Uh, I, the only other thing I want to add is that this week they are currently like negotiating once again the debt ceiling. And there is, is like it a 2012 again, there is a looming government shutdown. And like, once again, McCarthy does not have the fucking votes to avert it. Mm. Are we going to drive off the fiscal cliff? We might drive off, bro. Mm-hmm. Should Jesus take the wheel? What, what, yeah. what happens when you drive off the fiscal cliff? Does, uh, does the, uh, the, uh, the hand of the market, you know, the invisible hand come in? I just find it. I just find it very funny how the, the reason why the reason why this comes to a head right now is because the hardline conservatives are trying to push through an impeachment of Biden currently. Mm. And that is getting mixed in with the government, the looming government shutdown. Um, so it just it just makes plain that like all politics from here on out will be one party trying to impeach the other. Yeah. While the and government shutting down the government which, on each yeah, other. Yeah, like that, like it really is in like final stage collapse. collapse We've been doing really. that for a while though. Yeah. Like for the last... I do we have been doing it for a while, but it is increasing with frequency. Also yeah. too, it's so predictable now. Also, too, it's bleeding over. And I mean, not that this hasn't been the case too, but um, I just saw some shit that um the I think it was from the either one of those sites like uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center or something like that that said that um no you're not you're not imagining it like there's been more like fascist like all like like far right violence you know for the past like in 2022 alone so it's like all of that institutional beef and sentiment has been kind of reified I guess like with these you know with these psychos who have guns you know totally so uh, that's uh, that's what makes it uh a little bit scarier or I don't even know. Well, yes. I mean, luckily we got Mitt Romney to. We got we got Mitt Romney who's gonna be the, uh, who's gonna be a barometer of moral, uh, of moral strength. Yeah, we're in good hands. We're, we're good in good hands. hands. hands um, capable hands. Hands and craggy, craggy hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Please go to the Patreon and support us over there. We would very much appreciate that if you could do that. P a t r e o n dot com slash trillbilly workers party uh thanks for listening this week we hope you'll tune in over on the patreon on sunday uh i just want to say as a preview of the patreon you could you can go over there and listen to tom save me from from thinking zach bryan is cool dude mm-hmm. you saved my ass i was about to go forth in the the world and say zach bryan was cool but you saved my ass 
So thanks for that. Damn, man. Tom's looking out for me. He's looking out for your boy. There you go. Uh, So uh, anyways, go check that out. Um, Until next time. See you out there, folks. Adios.